0: This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Shelley Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. All right, lots of things to say. How many of you were here last week for the Boundaries Part 1? If you weren't here, uh, you missed a whole big foundation, okay? I'm going to try to tell you some key points, but... You can listen to that on the podcast, okay? And if you didn't receive our ushers, do you have those, Ernie? Okay, if you didn't get a handout sheet for tonight and you want one to take notes on, raise your hand up and our ushers will get those to you. I encourage you, you write it down, you read it, you hear it, and it will help you. So just keep your hands up and they'll get to you for that. So last week, some of the things, the foundation that we laid about Having healthy boundaries, it means taking responsibility and ownership of your life. That's what boundaries are. Boundaries are like fences. They determine where I begin and end and where someone else begins. So they're like a fence around our life. That's what boundaries are. Um, We also said boundaries define me. Boundaries give me freedom. Boundaries keep me safe and give me security, and boundaries bring peace to my life. And all of those things we laid the foundation for last week. Now, this week we're going to continue on. If you have your Bible, and I'm going to go fast because we have a lot to do, and my husband told me, you need to be out by eight. So y'all get ready. You're going to turn fast, but I'm going to have the scriptures up here as well. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 37. Matthew 5, verse 37 And I'm going to read from a couple of different translations. The first one is New King James. And Matthew 5.37 says, Let your yes be yes and your no, no. This right here is a boundary scripture. (laughs) Let your yes be yes and your no, no. The Lord wants you to be able to say yes and to say no as he leads you, not because someone is manipulating you but because the Lord is leading you. He doesn't want other people to make decisions for you. And I will tell you, yes is easier to say than no to people, right? Oh, yeah, you're the good guy when you say, yes, I can do that. And they're like, oh, yay, you're so good. But when you say no, guess what? You may get some pushback from people. You may get some dirty looks. You may get some words, some actions when you say no, okay? People may not be happy with you. And sometimes we're afraid of that. The greatest enemy, here's your first blank on there. The greatest enemy of boundaries is fear. We're afraid of what people are going to do when we say no. And the devil uses fear because fear is effective. fear's powerful. People don't like fear. Um, Last week, we talked about, we learned that we have fences, that boundaries are like fences around our life, and it shows this is where my property begins. If you see a picture of a fence, it marks where property begins. That's what the fences in our life um, do. They help us to guard our property and maintain it. We need to keep things that will nurture us inside of our fence. And keep things that will harm us outside of our fence so inside we want the things that are going to nurture us outside we want to keep out anything that will harm us the, the bad things boundaries help us keep the good in and the bad out y'all see that it's pretty simple that's what our boundaries our fences do sometimes though our life is a little different Some of us have bad on the inside, and there's some good on the outside, but sometimes we have bad on the inside. Maybe something's happened to you growing up, maybe in your adult life, maybe it's just you, you, you're very negative, but we have the bad on the inside of our fences. In these instances, we need to be able to open up our boundaries. So guess what? Our fence needs to have what? What do you need if you want to get in and out of your fence? You need a gate, right? La puerta. When we're at the orphanage, that's what we say, the gate. So we need a gate. So yes, we have boundaries, but we also need a gate to to open up, okay? So let's say that we have bad on the inside. We have some things on the inside of us. We need to be able to open that gate. Now, what does that mean when we open that gate? It means that sometimes we go get counseling. Sometimes we talk to someone. Sometimes that means you just really get honest with the Lord about the things that are on the inside. He already knows. He already knows. He says the scriptures say he knows our thoughts. Before, I mean, he knows everything about us. And so we have this bad sometimes on the inside of us. We need to let that out. There's also times there's good waiting for us out there. God sends people across our path. When you give your heart to him, he's always taking care of you. But sometimes those people that are good that he sends into our life, we shut that gate because this is our comfort zone, right? We're comfortable with what we've always known, even though it may be ugly, even though it may not be pretty, but this is our comfort zone, and we keep that gate closed. So sometimes we need to open that gate up and let the good come in and let the bad go out. Okay? First John 1.9, great scripture. You all know this, if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. So that would mean we're letting out. Outside, we're opening the gate and letting those sins that we've carried around, getting them out of our life. James 5.16 says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So again, we're letting people, we're telling them we're going to let that sin go out by telling someone and letting them pray for us. We're letting the good come in. To the fences and boundaries of our life mark chapter 7 verses 21 through 23 this is jesus talking and he said for for from within out of a person's heart come evil thoughts sexual immorality theft murder adultery greed wickedness deceit lustful desires envy slander pride and foolishness goodness gracious that's a, a long list, right? And some of us, that may be on the daily, that we have these different thoughts and things rolling around in us. Jesus said that's, that's what's within. But here's the good news. He's All these vile things come from within. They are what defile you. So we have that bad on the inside of us, okay? So we need to open up our gates and let the good come in. So here's the good news to that of receiving the good. Revelations chapter 3 and verse 20. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. And we know that sometimes during worship. Do you sense that, that the Lord's knocking on your heart? He's, He's trying to get you to open up, to let those walls down, open up that gate. He's knocking. I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. See, Jesus is the good, but he's on the outside until you invite him in to your heart, right? And you invite him in to work in all those areas that are vile in you and that are sinful and that are damaged and broken, We need to open our gate and let Jesus come in. Other people have good things to give us, and we need to open up to them, the ones that are good, okay? Often we close our boundaries to things that are good, and we're deprived. Sometimes people are so deprived, they're lonely. We live in the loneliest society that is the most connected to people. They say social media is, I mean, there's millions and millions of people on social media, and it's the loneliest our society has ever been. Because we, yeah, it's easy to look at your phone and scroll through and look at everybody's stuff, but not be connected. It's a little harder to sit down with them face to face, because then they may be able to know something. We may have to be vulnerable with people, but people have good and we need to open up our hearts to those that are trustworthy. I'm not saying to everyone. Okay? We have healthy boundaries. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 11 through 13 says, We have spoken freely to you, Corinthians, that church they were writing to, and opened wide our hearts to you. We are not withholding our affection from you, but you are withholding yours from us. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes we withhold. Sometimes in our marriage, we withhold our affection for each other. Sometimes people hurt us, and we we withhold. We think everybody's going to hurt us then. Verse 13, as a fair exchange, I speak as to my children, open wide your hearts also. That's an encouragement. When there's a safe person, there's a person that loves you, you can open wide your heart to them and and let them come in. See, boundaries, write this down, boundaries are not walls. They're not walls. The Bible is clear. We're not to be walled off from other people. We're to have community with people. Now, y'all are, it's like I'm preaching to the choir because, yay, y'all are here. The people that are not here probably need to hear this as well. They're not having community. But even with us, sometimes it's easy to slip in and slip out and not, not make any relationships because then people may get to know me. And I may have to, you know, let some of those into my safe little boundaries, my safe place. But in every community, even when we are doing life together, everybody has their own property, Right? Even in these planned communities where, you know, you have your neighborhood, there are definite boundary lines, right? So you still let others in, but you still maintain your personal space. There's a balance to this. So our boundaries need to be permeable permeable enough to allow good to pass through and bad to go out and keep out danger. Um, A lot of times when people grow up in dysfunctional families, they reverse the order of this and they keep the bad in and they don't or they keep the bad within them and they don't let the good in victims of childhood sexual and verbal and physical abuse often they have a very poor sense of boundaries because when they were young what was done to them gave them the message your boundaries don't matter so as they grow up they have, they don't have a good sense of healthy boundaries, and so they, they, and this is why you see those have been abused. It's like they go from one bad person to the next bad person, and then they, they go to the next bad person, whether that's an alcoholic or an abuser, or there's sexual things in there. It's because they, they never knew what those healthy boundaries were to start with, because as a child they were violated. God can help you and heal you. When you open up the gate to the Lord, he'll come in and he'll heal heal those places and help you to learn what healthy boundaries are, okay? He loves you and doesn't want you to live like that. See, boundaries are a fruit of your identity. They're a fruit of your identity. Start seeking the Lord about who you are. When you know who you truly are, healthy boundaries become a part of your life. I love that. When you know who you are, you know your identity in Christ, healthy boundaries become a part of your life. And the word identity is your set of beliefs that set one person apart from another, See, we're all different. I look out at all of you. You all look different. Some of you have dark hair. Some of you have light hair. Some of you have light skin. Some of you have dark skin. Some of you are tall. Some of you are short. We all look a little different. We have certain things that identify us, and that's more than just the physical, okay? Our identity. We need to let Christ be our identity. See, what you believe, okay, about yourself will determine the decisions that you make. Whatever you believe, if you believe God's good and he's kind, you know what? You're probably not going to have any problem with him coming in. But some of you may have been abused by a father, and it's really hard to let someone that says he's a good father into your life because you never experienced that. See, our identity, you've got to change your identity, and the only way that happens is through the word of God. And letting the word change who you are. Psalm 119. Oh, wait, I skipped one. What you believe will determine the decisions that you make. And then knowing God's truths helps you to define yourself in relation to him. Psalm 119, verse 45. This, I love this scripture. It says, I will walk in freedom, for I have devoted myself to your commandments. If you have, are not experiencing freedom, this would be a great scripture. You read the word of God and you say, Father, I thank you. I walk in freedom. I walk in freedom because I am devoted to your word. You guys are sitting here tonight listening to the word. I can tell there's some devotion there. So you can claim this over your life. Claim, Father, I thank you. I walk in freedom. Because of the word of God, it'll bring freedom into your life. That can be your identity. There there is blessing and freedom for those whose boundaries are based in God's truth. The truth of his word. There is blessing and there is freedom. You see a lot of people who, who their lives are scattered. Their lives are drama. Their lives are tumultuous. There's always stuff going on. They're not living in these healthy boundaries and not allowing their identity to come from Christ. We need to let the truth of God's word express who we really are. Amen? All right. Last, we're almost done. I want to give you um, a couple of things. Signs of boundary problems. See, a lot of times it's like, oh, okay, yeah, this is all good in theory. But let's talk about some actual things. How do you know if you have a boundary problem? Number one, feelings of hurt, anger, and resentment towards someone. It's a first sign of a boundary problem if you have feelings of hurt, anger, and resentment towards someone. See, feelings come from your heart, and they reveal the status of your relationship with someone. Because you know what? When, When things are going good with someone... You want to be around them right like with your husband if things are going well you want to hold their hand you want to you know snuggle up next to them but man if things aren't going well if you're hurt if you're resentful no you want them to sleep on the couch you do not want them coming up and getting close to you you do not want that friend who hurt your feelings Okay, because they've manipulated you. You don't want, it's like you see them coming and you start cringing. You don't want to be around them. So if if we're sensing we have feelings of hurt and anger and resentment, check up where your boundaries are with that person. And let me tell you, most of you, if you heard me teach on the personality styles, the majority of people are the S personality, which is more the laid back. And guess what? You hate confrontation. How many of you would say, I don't, I'm not a fan of confrontation? Oh, the rest of you are, are you sure? Because the majority, 60-something percent, and the majority, you know what you do when there's something that happens, you feel used, you feel manipulated, you, someone's taking advantage of you, instead of expressing that, see, I'm more of an expresser. My personality style, words, my problem isn't having the words. My problem is not saying every word that I think because it's all right there. But most people, what do they do? They stuff it down and they stuff the feelings down. And they'd like to say, No, I don't, I can't do that, but they stuff it down. But you know what happens after you keep stuffing and stuffing and stuffing? Number one, you may explode, and one day it may be a volcano that. Is crazy one little thing happens and it's like a huge explosion Uh, if you don't explode guess what you're gonna explode on the inside with depression and anxiety so if you're feeling these feelings of hurt and anger and resentment we got to find a way to deal with this we need to look at the boundaries of that relationship and see are these healthy am I having a healthy relationship with this person that's the first sign. The second sign, rescuing people from the consequences of their behaviors. Rescuing people from the consequences of their behaviors. Everybody say this with me. Say, behaviors have consequences. Say it again. Behaviors have consequences. <laughs> We should know this from when we were little, right? When we didn't take out the trash like, uh, like mom said or like dad said. We got a spanking or whatever. We, there was a consequence to the behavior that we, we had. We didn't do what the teacher said. We got in trouble. Okay? Let's read scripturally. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7. Some of us think that we can do whatever we want and it doesn't come back. There's no consequence. Guess again. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7. For whatever a man sows, this and only this is what he will reap. Do not think that you are the exception to the rule. Do not think that your children are the exception to the rule that whatever they sow, if they're sowing good, guess what? Good things are gonna come back. If your children are sowing irresponsibility, guess what? They're not gonna have a good consequence come. Couple of examples, if you study, what are you gonna get in school? Good grades. If you work, what do you get? On the 1st and the 15th or every Friday, what do you get? A paycheck, okay? That's the consequence for the behavior. Now, some of us, I won't say me because I love my job, but some of you may not be the biggest fan of your job, but guess what? You still go. And you have, the consequence of you still going is you get that reward, that paycheck at the end of that time period. If you exercise, you get better health. Some people wonder. I just went to the hospital last night. Guess what? Pastor Evan and Kelsey had their baby yesterday. Yay. And the Lord blessed him. Little Levi was born, and he is perfect, and Kelsey did great. But as I go to the hospital, you see a lot of very sick people. You see people who are not in good health. And guess what? It didn't happen overnight. Now, I know there's some genetic things. I'm not saying all that. But when we exercise and eat right, we get a consequence for that, and that's good health. Every behavior has a consequence. So when we rescue people, okay, write this down. To rescue people from the natural consequences of their behavior is to render them powerless. When you are rescuing people, trying to shield them from the consequences of their behavior, they become powerless because you're always manipulating and you're always controlling. Have y'all heard of the helicopter parents? You know what that means? Here's their child and they're just, they're hovering over them. Oh no, little Johnny, we can't let him experience. That teacher cannot give him a bad grade. When I was teaching... I was a high school teacher and a very good girl. She was a great girl uh, she came this the uh, nine week grading period came, and she got a B because she didn't turn in a couple of assignments. Her mother came to me and said, "But she's never had a B She's had straight A's she was a I think she was a junior may have been a senior, and I said she's like." Well, She can't have this, and I was like, I'm sorry, pulled out her grades. She didn't do this assignment. I sent progress reports, and I give them opportunities to do uh, extra credit. So guess what? Her mom was not happy, but she got a B for that semester. And that helicopter parent trying to shield from the consequences. See, that girl needed to learn. There's a consequence for the behavior of not turning in homework. Just like your little children, they need to learn. Just like some of your older children, adult children, they may come to you begging for money. I've been through this. I have nephews and a sister. She's the one that passed away a year and a half ago, but I watched my whole life her trying to manipulate my parents and steal from my parents for their drugs and their alcohol. And I still see my nephew lives on the streets in Clovis, breaks my heart. But I pray for him. But every time I see him, I'm like, Daniel, are you ready yet? Are you ready to go to rehab and change? Are you ready? Because I can't make him. I have a place. Bob Ham here at the Faith Center has said, you bring him anytime. We got a place for him. But you know what? Daniel has to want that. And one day I'm praying and believing that the consequences are going to be where he's going to want better for his life. And some of you that have adult children, quit shielding them. Quit giving them money. Quit trying to uh, help them to not face the consequences of their decisions. Sometimes it's harsh, but your prayers can still keep them safe. Sometimes it takes them going all the way to the bottom. But you know what? From that bottom, God can build a foundation in their life. And you love them. Sometimes love means you have to let them, not sometimes, but you let them experience the consequences for their behavior. See, we parent with love and limits, warmth and consequences, and then we have confident children who have a sense of control over their lives. They don't have someone rendering them powerless, okay? Third sign of a boundary problem. We're almost done. Third sign, not having limits, on how much we help people. Not having limits on how much we help people. If we have no limits or boundaries on how much we do for others, we can hurt them while intending to help them. You've probably heard that. Your help is hurting them. And this goes right along with what I was talking about. Anybody who's had addiction issues in their life, people try to, their help is, is overwhelming them so much. People help and help and help. Well, let me do this, shield you from your consequence, and those people never will change. You cannot, you've got to have limits, okay? You've got to have limits on your little ones. You've got to have limits on your adults. You've got to have limits for yourself, Right? You've got to have limits and boundaries for yourself. Now, the older people grow in age, that's physically, your children, and spiritually, because sometimes when people come into the church, they, are, they give their hearts to Christ, and they really don't know any better. You know what? We help them to grow, and we give them grace as they're growing. But at some point, again, we still have to have limits to how much we can help people. I used to have a sign on my desk when I was a teacher, I think I said this last week, and I said, your your lack of planning does not mean a crisis on my part, and you're going to have people, and I'll tell you here at the church, we have people that call every single day, I need help with my rent, I need help with my car payment, I need this, I need that, it's all, and I... I know there's lots of people in need, and that's why we support great organizations that help people. But there has to be a limit, okay, or people just keep taking advantage and they never do for themselves. Okay? And the Bible's very clear about, I mean, there's one scripture that says, if you don't work, you do not eat. And I don't want to see anybody go hungry. But at the same time, I don't want to keep enabling people Shielding them from the consequences of their behavior. We have to set limits on how much we help people. Okay? Here's here's a good rule. We can't change someone, okay? When we set limits, we can't change them and make them do what we want. But guess what? We can limit our exposure to that person. So here's how a, a boundary looks. You can set a boundary and say, if you act this way... If you uh, try to get high around my kids, if you use curse words in front of, of my children or whatever the boundary is, you decide where your healthy boundary is. If that person chooses not to do it, guess what you do? You, they choose to live outside your boundaries. You still love them, you still pray for them, but they shouldn't be allowed to be in your inner circle right there, you funding them. You, you giving them your time, okay? You limit your exposure when people don't change. You still pray for them because God can change anyone, and you never give up on them, ever. All right, last one, not owning our choices, not owning our choices. See, we are in control of our choices, I mean, the scriptures talk over and over. Choose you this day who you'll serve. Romans eight thirteen says, "For if you live according to the flesh, you will die." There's the consequence. But if you, if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. It's our choice. However, we want to live. God gave the choice to us. He doesn't force one of us to accept Christ. We have to come and do that. So when we set boundaries, it inevitably means making choices for our lives, okay? You're the one who makes the choices. You're the one who suffers the consequences, and you're the one. You want to get to the end of your life, and you want to be right with people. When my sister passed away, I didn't have regrets, now, there are a lot of hard years in our life. There were a lot of times that I, I had to confront her, and it was not pretty. There were times it almost came to a, she wanted to hit me. I mean, I could tell you a lot of stories that I, I had to stand up to her and tell her, you're not going to do this to my mother. You're not going to do this um, in her home. And, but I still loved her. And at the end of her life, I was there with her when she died. And I have no regrets. I had healthy boundaries with her, though. And some of you, you need to learn healthy boundaries for yourself. Some of you have let yourself be so out of control with what you watch. There's a list. Go ahead and put that list up there. Areas where you need boundaries. Some of you have let your thoughts be completely out of control We have control. Pornography doesn't just pop up. I make choices on what I do, okay? I make choices. That Scripture in Romans said, if we live according to the Spirit or if we live according to the flesh. That's my choice. At the end of your life, you want to be able to be in great relationships with people. We need our conversations. Sometimes, some of us just let our mouth run and say whatever we want. Some of us are out of control in our eating, our sleeping, our exercise, our relationships, our behavior, our work, okay, our time and our finances. All of these areas are things that we need to have healthy boundaries in, and only God can show you those That's why we have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes in, and he helps us. Has this helped you guys? Okay. This was the very, very quick version of boundaries, okay? The two-week, very quick version. Most of this came from this book. Um, I've given away a lot of these books. I have them. I buy them whenever I find them on sale. We have some out here at the Information Center for $10. It would be a great investment. I tell people that, that have had a really hard time with boundaries, maybe you've grown up and not come from a great family that has shown you things, you probably need to get this, highlight it, and go back and read it once a year. Because sometimes we ease off those boundaries, right? We see a little bit of change in someone. They're like, oh, yes, I, I'll, I'll do that if that's what you say. And we're like, okay, come back in. No, one of the, the real strong things it teaches about is about sustained change in someone's life or long-term change. So this book, you can get it. There's all kinds of now, it's like boundaries with kids, boundaries with teens, boundaries for leaders, boundaries at work. I have them all listed up there. You can get that online or anywhere. So I should own stock in it. I tell people because I recommend it. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit FaithChurchLubick.com.